0: night talk with oliver dixon 13 minutes after 10 pm you're listening to night talk my name is oliver dixon thank you so much for being with us this evening we're going to be speaking in this segment of the conversation to Dr. Delano Cole van der Linde, who is a senior lecturer at the Department of Public Law at Stellenbosch University. IPED is incredibly unstaffed, but so is the police service. But perhaps let's start with IPED. Um, uh, Dr. Van der Linde, thank you so much for your time this evening. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, let's start. 300 police officers for that many. 300 investigative police officers in IPED for that many police officers in SAPS is is shocking. Incredibly shocking. Can we talk about what the implication and the impact of that has been?
1: Um, uh, Thanks for having me, Oliver. Yes, it's extremely shocking. And to think that um, we uh, there's only over 300 for a country of about where we now 60 million people um, is is unbelievably shocking and it just shows you the degree of um you know backlog it causes in the investigation of police related um you know complaints and inquiries um and i think it the severe understaffing um you know just leads to people getting frustrated with the system and not using ipad as a as an effective tool to um, resolve issues relating to the police
0: yeah and, and 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 so the question then is: Is the inefficiency and effectiveness of ineffectiveness of IPET directly linkable to uh, negligence within the police force? That is to say, uh, and I'm asking you, uh, I'm asking you here to speculate. Perhaps there is some data that can point to an educated speculation here. But if IPIT was a lot more active, a lot more robust, and a lot more had a lot more muscle would it have been able to positively influence the amount of negligent uh, and criminal behavior taking place amongst our police force?
1: Yes, um, I absolutely think so. I'm seeing an increase now in uh, judgments by the courts on police acting outside of the scope of their duties, um, unlawful use of force, unlawful arrests. Um, uh, unlawful uh, imprisonment and that also you know has an impact on the state coffers if police um, act properly within the scope of their duties um, there wouldn't be so many uh, you know claims against the minister of police for four damages so and that kind of creates this you know loop If police officers, if there was proper oversight, a proper complaints mechanism, um, there wouldn't be probably, I'm speculating, so many claims, and that could probably then be used to uh, attract, recruit, and appoint uh, more police uh, in the force. So this is a very unfortunate loop, uh, I believe. Do we
0: do we have a sense of how much the police force or the police service? My apologies. Pays out uh, annually in, in, in litigation uh, for negligence. As how much do they spend on litigation for negligence uh, and criminality for you know, police officers? And how much have they, over the last couple of years, paid out in claims, uh, successful claims at the court uh, yeah. for related behavior? Uh, I, I've got a sense that it's one of the most litigated uh, government institutions in the country.
1: Absolutely, I can't give you a figure now, but it's definitely within the tens of millions. Um, you know, I, w- I won't necessarily say annually, but it could probably be annually. But um, it, it's very sad to see that amount of money being. Uh, at least there is an effective means, uh, unlike the U.S., where it's very difficult to get, um, you know, a successful claim against a police officer, or you know, to criminally prosecute a police officer. The system is actually effective here. But I wish that money could have been, you know, uh, employed better. But it, it's definitely within the, the tens of millions. Yeah. Um, I think the, the last figures I, I've seen were, you know, in the tens of millions, but over a period of, of a few years.
0: Yeah. What we know as well from the data, and, 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 and this is related not to necessarily dismissals or um, for negligent behavior, but what we know about the South African Police Service is that uh, between 2016 and now, it has lost about 8,400 police officers, very few of which it had replaced. We went from having a police service uh, of uh, 26,000 staff to now 17,600 today. That is a significant drop, a very, very big drop. It means that in in the same period, by the way, how population grew. So it means it made our police officer to population... Per one hundred thousand citizens, even thinner. Uh, where yeah. do we where do we rank in the world? And I know that the United Nations has a specific recommendation for how many police officers you need for every one hundred thousand citizens. Where do we fall on that spectrum?
1: It's it's difficult to determine that because um, it's very geographically specific. the The allocation of police resources is done by a formula, and in fact, in South Africa, done by a formula, and in fact, this formula at least in the Western Cape, was found to be um, indirectly discriminating against uh, poor people and persons of color, because um, in areas where there was high crime rates, um, often populated by um, people in socioeconomically disadvantaged areas, uh, often occupied by black people there were much less police officers per uh, per capita um, and often this formula then favored more affluent areas but I can't give you the exact numbers now yeah. but I, it is completely um, disproportionate and often disproportionate and very geographically um, determined by a, a range of factors
0: yeah. Is, is, is the South African, and I, I I want to ask the question both about SAPS and Iput are they unable to, respectively, attract the right talent?
1: Yes, yes. I think there's definitely an issue with attracting, um, you know, uh, excited people who actually want to contribute to the police service. I think the police service, unfortunately, has not, been an attractive uh, career path for for quite a while now and at least part of that has been um, due to under-resourcing in police stations. And also, um, because there is under-resourcing, individual police officers and detectives have become overburdened, and this once again creates a loop. Um, the story then runs that, you know, this police station is underrun, under-resourced, and people then do not want to, you know, uh, join um, the 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 police services because of that. So and it it's then difficult to, you know, suggest a solution. I mean, we could very easily say throw money at the problem. That's the the obvious solution, but where this will come from is is an issue. But to see such a you know significant and vast reduction in such a short amount of time, with many crime forms increasing. Um, with many police stations understaffed is very concerning and this understaffing of, of police stations um, uh, understaffing of detectives has an impact in the whole criminal justice cycle from the minute of you know reporting a crime to an eventual outcome in a court.
0: yeah. by how much has the South African police service been underfunded and for how long?
1: I, I would probably say that um, one could probably ask the question since when had, or when last was it properly funded. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, I would probably say that. So I, I can't remember the last time I've heard that there was, you know, uh, the the people in police services were, um, you know, impressed or satisfied with the... Uh, resource allocation um yeah
0: do but do we know how significant the underfunding is that's to say if the south african police service were to be adequately funded how what would yeah. that figure look like uh, as a proportion of gdp or even just as a n- nominal figure
1: yeah unfortunately i i am not aware of that but um i think um uh, in terms of um gdp uh i think we have to you know significantly increase our spending um on police because um underfunding the police um leads to as you've as i mentioned earlier um overspending at some later stage so um I'm not quite sure now what the exact number is in terms of GDP, but uh, we would have to increase it. Uh, but like I said, I don't know where where we would cut or reallocate that resources. I mean, the NPA is also underfunded, and it seems like the uh, entire justice system, the court system, um, uh, is also, I think, facing budget cuts. Yeah, so Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, Let's talk about police training and even perhaps uh, investigative forensics and detective training in South Africa, holistically, whether in the police service, in IPED, or even in the private sector. Um, do, we, do we have the right kind of training in the country uh, that speaks to the specific cr- uh, crime culture of the country and the needs thereof? Uh, because I'm assuming that a lot of what goes wrong in policing it goes wrong there. This is why so many crimes remain un- un- unresolved. But also just active policing training, right? The negligent behavior yeah. of police officers wrongfully arresting people, not understanding I guess the Criminal Procedures Act uh, that, 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 that speaks to their work, or not understanding the execution of their, their duties, and some being incredibly egregious and pernicious uh, and, and, and going as far as assaulting unduly uh, 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 c- uh, c- civilians and even raping civilians as as we've seen cases of such in the past is that primarily a training problem that can all be and those are three different types of problems right but that can all be resolved with adequate training do we have the right type of training
1: yeah it does seem to me that there the training exists but um in terms of whether everyone gets the training or whether the training actually you know Funnels through is a different question. Uh, in terms of you know priority crimes and uh, you know more emerging types of crimes, uh, I think uh, things like organized crime, financial crimes, fraud. Um, I often hear that um, and cyber crimes now as well that police officers are not quite um, aware of how to deal with it, right. um, how to investigate it, uh, and then. Now recently with the NPA Amendment Act, the NPA Amendment Act plans to, you know, create this independent quote unquote directorate to investigate high profile instances of corruption. Um, and corruption flowing from the Zondo Commission. And, of course, this will necessarily mean that investigators will have to be appointed um, to deal with that. So this is a good thing. Um, But once again, where is the money going to come from to properly fund this independent um, uh, institution? Uh, We've been waiting, you know, years now for there to be prosecutions flowing from the Zondo Commission um, since its inception, at least. So um, now there's now this separate entity which will face possibly the same issues. So I think there are key areas where there still needs to be training. Um, and um, whether I think it does exist, but I think sometimes just there's, um, it's just not cycling through to everyone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to this and, and 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 this is perhaps part of the question now that you raise this on the zonda commission there has been in the past a deliberate effort uh, to to weaken and destabilize crime and crime intelligence crime uh, fighting uh, organizations that's to say the Hawks, South African Police Service, and crime intelligence, very specifically sitting within SAPS and as well in state security. Um, how much of what we're dealing with today about its inefficiencies in dealing with crime, its understaffing problems and under-resource problems has to do with that deliberate attempt in the past, as we learned through the Zonda Commission, to, to to weaken those institutions?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think there has been You know, wide-scale attempts to try and um, influence, um, uh, you know, attempts, I should say, to influence uh, prosecutions, to kind of also um, direct investigations. And um, I think the NPA, perhaps, and policing, uh, much less visible in the Zondo Commission. Um, in terms of you know identified instances of corruption but we must also note that you know smaller instances of corruption you know asking a traffic officer to 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 not give you a ticket giving him um, uh, a little 100 rand to not give you a ticket or a police officer that's also corruption and um, often it's been suggested if one is willing to take such a small bribe that does probably lead to bigger bribes. So um, in, Although not, there haven't been, you know, grand, grand scale uh, instances of identified corruptions within this, um, uh, these institutions, there are smaller instances and also probably underlying issues that we are not um, even aware of. But over the years, there have been many allegations that there have been interference with, uh, you know, um, the police and prosecutions.
0: Yeah. Um, and, and, and then specifically, holistically, when Parliament looks at this report from IPED and from SAPS, what are they to do? What are the top three priority items that needs to be done to to, to turn the picture around?
1: I think there needs to be a, a significant um, re-looking at uh, the allocation of resources um, to the police, um, seeing that the NPA Act secondly now makes it a Priority to investigate corruption-related crimes. I need think there needs to be, you know, an earmarking of resources for that, and also that that institution, however it might end up looking, be independent. Um, so there also needs to be um, funding for that, and also the it the needs be, uh, the money, um, there needs to be, except for the money, there needs to be a concerted effort to make uh, the police service. Detective services—an attractive career uh, for people—and that's something you know that will probably take more time and would take more than just you know throwing money at the problem. So, definitely, um, I think those three aspects need uh, attention, Um, but especially the last one is something to take much longer than you know just the financial here to solve.
0: Yeah. We're going to have to leave you there. Thank you so much this evening for your time and your insights uh, here on Night Talk. I really, really do appreciate it, Delano. uh, That is uh, Dr. van der Linde, who is a senior lecturer at the Department of Public Law at Stellenbosch University. Thank you so much for your time, Delano. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you